This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about college football. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio by my old pal, Evan Grant, who is talking to me now, was not talking to me Saturday. Uh, We're all happy about that. I was talking to you, Saturday. I was just very grumbly. It was like the... What what is this, a Winnie the Pooh episode? Yes, I I am kind of Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) No, you're more like Eeyore. The Winnie the Pooh. I, no, I'm very Winnie the Poohish. I'm round and tubby. <laughs> I'm grumbly. So I was, I was kind of grumbly and mumbly. I'm sorry. It was, uh, you know, the last few days had been spent with my wife at the beach, and so instead, <laughs> instead, I was spending the the evening with you, watching Mike Miner get lit up. You were in a bad mood before Mike Miner got lit up. He didn't get lit up. He just wasn't pitching very well. You know, but what, enough about the Rangers. I wanted to say one last thing about the Rangers. Does it? Does Mike Miner sometimes remind you a little bit of you, Darvish? Uh, well, he's he's used a lot more pitches this year than he probably should. But um, uh, listen, I I have I had no issues with you, Darvish, and you did. So there. <laughs> you mean you had it, or or? Why you had it or why we? I had no, I had no you Darvish issues. Oh. I thought again he. Hey, he's been great when, in Chicago. Well, that that was not your question. Now go ahead. <laughs> let's talk about the Big Twelve. Speaking of underachieving. Speaking of underachieving, tell me, do you can you tell me how many national championships has the Big Twelve won in football? As a conference. No, as a refrigerator. Of course, as a conference. Um, Well, Oklahoma's won a couple, and Texas has won one. Wrong, and you got one of those two right. Oklahoma's not won a couple. How many has Oklahoma won? Oklahoma's won one. And Texas has won one. Yeah. That's it? No, there's there's another one. It's a trick question. I don't know. Nebraska, nineteen ninety-seven. They won a co-championship uh, with, nah, with that, Michigan. We w- let me just say this, and I'm speaking now for the Big Twelve and Bob Bullsby. We account for nothing that happened during Nebraska's tenure in the Big Twelve because they were a bunch of crybabies. They're getting what they deserve, getting crushed in the Big Ten as a average school in the Big Ten. Hats off to you, Sooners. Wow, uh, Huskers. <laughs> Well, 
Obviously, we need to line up all the mascots who were out at the at Jerry World yesterday for that thing as well. One of them I heard was confused with our columnist Tim Kalishar. Maybe I just tweeted that. <laughs> oh my gosh! Did you really say that? I did that because Scott Bell, our our uh, one of our assistant sports editors, who's much more savvy on social media than you are, oh, tweeted well. a picture of of all the Big Twelve mascots, and also in the same tweet mentioned how well we were staffed at the Big 12 Media Days, and all the mascots were lined up. And I said, is that Tim Kalashaw third from left? And it was actually instead a picture of Rootin' Tootin' Red Raider, I believe. Yeah. Does Texas Tech have two mascots? Uh, well, they've got the Masked Rider. They've got the Masked Rider, but they yeah. also have a comic book like Yosemite Sam Yosemite type looking Sam, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, when this I was a little kid, I, I had no idea they were saying Yosemite. I thought they were saying Samity Sam. Yeah, yeah. no, Yosemite. Yes, Yosemite. Oh, no, there's no question about that. I know that's right. It's just some... who, who is the best of the Big 12 mascots? Did you, oh, did, did you get that from, from out there? Did not. No, the, the best mascot always. Gary was, Patterson? Well, yes, he is. He is the best mascot. I read about As a matter of fact, I filed a, a column on Gary at 2.30 this morning. That's why I'm a little bit groggy. He is a character. Uh, no, is the, the Baylor Bear, the, the live bear. I was, at a, I was at a game in Waco oh, once. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the best mascot. Oh, well, let me just tell you, but I'm going to tell you why. He gets loose. This this live bear gets loose during a game, uh, and it's raining, and so he runs out onto the field, and the and one of the little handlers runs out there after him and corrals him, and then gets him to go running back towards the sideline, and they both he kind of tackles him, and they both go sliding out of bounds. They they slid for about twenty yards. Out of bounds. It was one of the greatest scenes I have ever seen. When did this happen? A, this was probably, geez, was this back in the eighties? It's at the old stadium, certainly. Oh, so it's definitely it definitely happened during the Big Twelve era. Okay, thank you for that. Well, they're a Baylor. They're a, they're a team in the Big Twelve. Everything that happened before the Big Twelve existed does not count. Does not count. Doesn't even exist. There's, there's no records of any of it. No. no. It was great though. It was a great scene. It was my favorite all time mascot scene at a game. Chuck Carlton wrote about Big 12 fight songs. Oh, Lord knows we need to do that. Um, so, anyway, so what was the question? Our question, well, no, I, what my, was the, uh, my point was three national championships, but not one since 2005, since Texas won in 2005. That's 14, well, it's 13 years going on 14. Yeah, and how many of those how many of those national championships in the ensuing 14 years have been won by a little conference to the east? SEC, yeah. Like by Nick Saban himself has won like you know twice that many, right? And and then you've got one assorted one like from the Big Ten and one from the Pac twelve, I think, right? Yeah, and, and one from the ACC. I'd right? have to look at the list. Uh, you know, you could look that up if you wanted. Oh, to. I'm sorry. Let me. I, I forgot that I'm also producer here. <laughs> yeah, list of national champions. Uh, the point being that the uh, that the Big Twelve, what? Oh, were you going to say sucks? Me? Yeah, you were going to say that. Now, here's what I was going to say. It's fun to poke fun at the Big 12. Uh, <laughs> you know, you sounded kind of like Judge Smales. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Judge Smales, that's me all over. Uh, is that? I thought it was like, it's fun to have fun when your ship comes in. <laughs> I was thinking of uh, somebody else. But anyway... Um, 
there are two things about the Big 12 uh, that's of interest. And this was something that uh, uh, I was asked uh, yesterday. And as a matter of fact, the Big 12 interviewed me for something they're putting together. Uh, you know, if, if we go back to the history of, of the Big 12 and why it came about, it, it came about because the Southwest Conference was falling apart. Now, the Southwest Conference was, it was more a, a situation of where the haves in the Southwest Conference were tired of supporting the have-nots, right, right. Uh, but also because the Big 12, or the Southwest Conference, wanted to expand its footprint, its TV footprint. At that time, in the early 90s, the SEC had 18% of the TV sets in America, and the Southwest Conference had 6%. So by taking on, by, by merging with the Big 8, they, they doubled their TV footprint, and they, they became, the Big 12 became the first conference that was basically created for TV. Everybody else's conference was just a result of geography. These this is these are the people that we have historically played against and they're the ones, you know, in the state next to us and that's why we're that's why we're doing it. The the Big 12 was created for TV. So when you create for something like that, it's probably uh going to follow that uh you're going to struggle. That there, there's there's not a relationship built on kinsmanship, I guess you might say. Correct. That's one thing the SEC gets right. Yeah, so they hate each other, but they they love the product. Oh, absolutely. Well, and they they love playing each other. It's all they you know they would hate for one of those schools to drop out of the of the SEC. Yeah. So you know, whereas you know, here people were running like cockroaches here, you know, for, right. for a while there. But that's 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 the thing though. Well, that, and the bellwether of this the bellwether of this conference has you know often often flirted. With leaving this conference because no, they're being Texas, Texas which you're yeah. to. you know that I had I was doing some history. What is a bellwether? It's a it's a it's a, a bell that has a weather vane on it. Is bell it really? Weather. No, I just said that, but okay. it sounds good. Uh, it, it it may actually be that, but anyway, uh, yeah. You're the point about Texas. There have been. Let me look that up. Texas has flirted. The bellwether is the leading sheep of a flock which wears a bell on its neck. Whether it wants to or not, that's correct. <laughs> so, so what we got here? So it's really a bell wearer. Bell wearer, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's just been mispronounced all this the term, time. The, the term derives uh, from uh, Middle English bellwether and refers to the practice of placing a bell around the neck. The neck. <laughs> I'm like about Monty Python. Neck. <laughs> God, I can't speak English. Well, you see, you're trying to speak. You're speaking lower English, and that was Middle English. See, that's the, that's the from thing. Middle English bellwether and refers to the practice of placing a bell. This is why I couldn't say neck around the neck of a castrated ram leading the flock of sheep. Oh, a castrated ram. Is that anything like uh, Lawrence McCullough's? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. Holy cow, that's sad. Uh, so, so I, anyway, you still get the horns. If you're... <laughs> no, don't go there. Don't go there. So no, the actual horns, Kevin. Oh, okay. Does the ram still get his horns? I, I don't think we should talk All anymore right, so about let's, that. Let's go back to Texas. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. I was trying to make a really good point. Wow, derailed by the bellwether. Yeah, but I mean, Texas has always, since I've come here, 
Texas has always acted like it is above the conference. And Nebraska did the, the, the same thing, too. Nebraska ran off, and it got its, its dose of medicine. Texas has always seemed to act like it is tired of carrying all this freight for all these other schools. Well, I'll, I'll say this. They have carried the freight for all these others. And I'm, not, and I'm not defending Texas. I, you know, everybody always wants to think we all went to Texas. I did not go to Texas. Um, but, uh, but yeah, in the, in the old Southwest Conference, when you had three private schools and then you had Houston, so that's four schools that are drawing 20,000 fans a game. Right. And you know, Houston had some, had some years where they played really well, but they were not – uh, revenue generators, no. uh, other than the fact they were going to, to bowl games occasionally, so, and, and then of course with the basketball team as well. So yeah, they it was and then A and M. Let's just face it, A and M's track record wasn't that great. There were there were times when A and M was good. Certainly in the nineties, A and M was very in the eighties and nineties, A and M was very good. But before that, it was few and far between the years when A and M was good. So you know, so Texas was kind of carrying everything there, and they just kind of got tired of all that. So, so at any rate, you know, they they had the opportunity. Apparently, and I did not know this until doing this some research recently. That the feeling was that Stanford said no to Texas in ninety or ninety one, uh, and they were ready to go to the Pac ten. It was called the Pac ten then, uh, ready to go, and Stanford said no. And then when Stanford came around. Uh, again, it said, "Hey, okay, we changed our mind." Texas was like, "No, we're not going through that again. We're not doing that." So I always felt, you know, the the you know the it was either going to Texas really wanted to go to the Pac-10, didn't really the Big Ten would have been good too, like-minded institutions and all that academic institutions, the AU and all of that. Um, they would have liked that as well. But then that's bad weather. You know, you're going up and playing a bad weather life. You go to the Pac-10. You know, it's it's uh, it just fit Texas idea of what it really is. Texas never really wanted to go to the SEC. This is like a little, a really brief history of all this. Why it's why Arkansas went to the to the SEC. They they felt like that either Texas and A&M were going to go to the SEC and they were just take, making a peremptory move, or they they had heard the rumors about merging with the Big 8 and the, they had heard that they would be left out of that merger. They would not be part of it. So that's how we ended up with what we are now. So well, my, my point about all this is that the Big, the Big 12 is stabilized. You know, TV contracts, things they've got set up, it's all good. There's no more talk about realigning. There's no more talk about taking on. Should we take on Houston? Should we take on, you know, should we steal somebody? Should should we make a run at BYU or Boise State or whatever? You're not hearing that anymore. You're a, a, Maybe a little bit, a little UCF, you know, should they do something like that? The problem is that you can't add one school. you got to add two. Uh, and I think what they feel like is that, look, we're doing pretty well. We're making good money, and we're only having to divide it ten ways. Uh, why would we want to add – Somebody else who doesn't expand our TV footprint doesn't do anything more for us that way. Um, so they've got that part of it down now. Now the question is, yeah, but it's time for you to win a national championship. You know, you haven't won one in 14 years. Yeah. I just want to point out, by the way, <clears throat> that uh, so going back to, to 05. Yes, sir. When Texas won. Yeah. Beat uh, USC. You've had. Florida, LSU, Florida, Alabama, Auburn, Alabama, 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 Alabama. So nine SEC titles. Since then? Yes. Three, three, count them three, two Clemsons and a Florida State. Mm -hmm. uh, Ohio State. From the 
uh, ACC mm-hmm. and that lone uh, Ohio State championship that was, uh, well, we should just all forget about that. Wow. Um, but you ha- I don't, have you had a Big Ten team play for the national championship? Well, you just said Ohio State. I mean, a Big 12 team. I'm sorry. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, Oklahoma's lost. Uh, okay. Oklahoma has lost, you know, lost to Florida. Uh, beat Florida State for the championship. Lost to Florida. Lost to uh, – they've had trouble getting out of semifinals no, I'm saying, recently. Uh, but, yeah. Has one played for the championship. Yeah, they lost to, they lost to Florida. That was in 08. 08, yeah. Uh, so yeah, they haven't, they've had trouble getting out of semifinals. That would seem to be, uh, over a decade. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and then that's the, a long time. It is a long time. And the feeling is now that this Oklahoma team is still the one best positioned to make a run at CFP of all the big 12 teams. Uh, they, they are the consensus choice, uh, by everybody and uh, coming out of the big 12, Texas is number two. Um, and I think, uh, I'm not sure. I can't remember who was three. TCU was four. Um, it must be Oklahoma State must be three. Uh, I can't think of anybody else who who would be in that uh, ranked above TCU. So uh, at least we have all our data right in front of us. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. Um, so here's the thing for for Oklahoma to make that kind of run uh, is going to be really hard. Because they lost four starting offensive linemen, four. You know, there used to be a stat about how if you the more starts you had in your offensive line in college football, the better your chance of having a, a ten win season. Uh, so when you've only got one starter back in the offensive line, that's not good. You're also replacing consecutive Heisman first pick of the draft quarterbacks in Baker Mayfield. And Kyler Murray. You ain't doing so bad with what you got there. Jalen Hurts is very good. Jalen Hurts has won himself at least – well, he's won one as a uh, title as a starter, right, and then one as a backup. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes. Is he not ha- he didn't win two as a starter, did he? I don't think so. No. No, he didn't. Uh, so, yeah, he's really good. He's not the same, you know, kind of quarterback as uh, Baker and Kyler. Uh, he is – more like Kyler than he is Baker uh, because, obviously, he likes to run. He's a much more powerful runner than Kyler is. Um, uh, and also, you know, he, he takes care of the football and that he's a Nick Saban kind of quarterback. He's not the kind of guy who's going to, um, you know, get you beat. Uh, he wasn't always at, at Alabama the kind of quarterback who was going to win the game for you, though. Uh, and that's why uh, Tua Tagovailoa is now the starting quarterback at Alabama because he bailed them out in the championship game. And um, uh, then Hurts bailed him out in the uh, SEC title game last year. That's correct. Yeah, there, there's no question that that Hurts uh, is a pretty nice uh, backup plan for for Oklahoma. It'll just be interesting to me to see how much Lincoln Riley adjusts. The offense. I, I do think that he will, that Hertz will run the ball a lot more than the previous two quarterbacks did. More design plays for him uh, to take advantage of what he does best. It's just uh, you're asking a guy to do uh, a to run an offense that's a little more complicated than what Alabama was running. 
so that we'll see how he adjusts to that. Um, so th- they have uh, Oklahoma is as I said is an, is the uh, consensus number one pick out of the Big Twelve. Texas number two. Um, I, I think Baylor will be better this year. They made a big improvement last year, big jump with Charlie Brewer as their quarterback. Uh, I would expect they'll be better. I think the the middle part of the um, of the of Texas Tech will be better. Uh, I'll be interested to see what Matt Wells does uh, at Texas Tech. <clears throat> excuse me, in his first year, he made it clear yesterday or on Monday that he was, um, you know, we're gonna if we're gonna be a good team, we got to have a great defense. Uh, these are all things you know said to the uh, straight to the heart of Kirby Hokut, who who fired Cliff Kingsbury and hired uh, Matt Wells. Uh, because he wants a more balanced kind of team. You know, what he wants at Texas Tech uh, is what Bill Snyder built at Kansas State. There's no reason why Texas Tech can't beat Kansas State. I mean, that's, you know, you're in, you're in the same kind of situation where you're not getting the best talent uh, and uh, and you just it has to be coached up. There's just been a feeling for a long time at Texas Tech because of the of the success of Mike Leach, that well, you got to be able to 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 throw it all over the the lot. That's how you beat everybody. Well, you you don't necessarily have to do that. Kansas State has given the blueprint on what you need to do, but they have to be really well coached uh, and they have to be really disciplined to do that. So, uh, but he also said that I expect Alan Bowman, the quarterback from Grapevine, who who had twice last year had a collapsed lung. Uh, will be better in year two of our system. Well, I would hope so. Uh, well, no, he said in year two of our system. That was the point. Yes. This but... is this is year one. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. So he's already saying, hey. He's already managing expectations. Yeah, he's already managing expectations. So <clears throat> come, I want to hear about year. Gary Patterson. Gary was was Gary. Uh, you know, I went over there. It's it's like I told our old pal Barry Horn when he accompanied me down to Waco uh, in 2014 when Baylor and TCU played, and they and they and they played a basketball game. The final score was 61 to 58. Uh, a spectacularly entertaining game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And and so get, Barry said to me. Which locker room do you want to go to? Because, you know, obviously one's going to go to one, one's going to go to the other. And I said, are you kidding me? I'm going to Gary Patterson's locker room, you know. Uh, he, he's, he's, the way to, he's the way to go win or lose, but especially when you just lost a game 61-58, to 58, you know. That's the place to go. So yesterday, when they had the breakout session and they had Gary at his little table down there, of course, that's where I went. And I went down there and I just stood and I listened to him most of the time. And I knew that sooner or later he'd say something crazy. And, of course, he did. Uh, there, what, what did he say that was great? Here's a couple of things. Well, there was a uh, a TV reporter from uh, from Lubbock there, and the, and his question was very chirpy kind of guy, very happy, and he says, uh, he so, had been in the business long enough. <laughs> so what's it like playing in Lubbock?" And Gary says immediately, "Day or night?" And the guy says, well, "Both." And he goes, "Well, it depends. It's a big difference. You know, if you in the day games they throw tortillas at us." And in night games, they throw frozen water bottles at us. And the, and so the TV guy starts giggling. Uh, he thinks that's really funny. He goes, what do you think about that? He goes, uh, well, you should ask the guys who had to have stitches, you know, after they get hit by them. Uh, 
downer Gary. <laughs> and here's the thing. He's not even mad when he says that. He, he kind of tries to smooth it over a little bit. It's just Gary blurting out whatever it is, a man of no filters. But it, but he does have lots of filters because he's kind of paranoid, isn't he? Uh, I, I don't think he's – I would say – he has changed a lot over the years. He's he's been, he's going into his nineteenth season as the head coach at, at uh, TC, which is just phenomenal. Nineteen years at one school. Who name me another school? I, I think there is one guy in all of college football who's been at one place longer currently. Um, but anyway, no, he, he, early on he was very insecure, uh, and and they still a little bit, but you know, after 19 years and you're, and you, everybody talks about what a great defensive coach you are all the time and what a great job you've done at TCU and how they love him there. He's, he's patched a lot of those, uh, holes in his, uh, security blanket. So, uh, I, I think that he is, uh, he's better. He's just, he's just different. Uh, and so there was a, so there's another story. So people are pestering him about, uh, his defense. What do you? What is it that you're doing, Gary? Why, why is it that your defense is always good? So good. He goes, oh, I can't. Basically, he says, I can't give away any trade secrets. And then all of a sudden, he goes, here's something I bet you didn't know. So he goes back to the 2011 um, Rose Bowl when TCU beat Wisconsin 21 to 19. Mm-hmm. He said, I was paying a lot of attention to the fact that Paul Christ, their offensive coordinator, was up for the job, uh, the same job at Texas. And he, and he says, so do you, let me ask you something. You know, of course, this is, a t- it's supposedly a typical Wisconsin team, right? I got Monty Ball as the running back. We get big offensive line where we're just going to pound, 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 right? And he said, so are you going to really be able to get that Texas job as offensive coordinator if that's what you're doing? That's how you're going to beat TCU? And, and he goes, probably not. He said, so I figure they're going to run a lot of play action instead of that, you know, instead. And so – so, so they beat Wisconsin. Well, if you look at the stats, you know, Wisconsin ran the ball 42 times. And they threw it 20, 21, I think. Uh, that's not exactly lighting it up. They're running the ball still. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't want to argue with Gary about that. I'm sure, it would, I'm sure without, I was at that, at that game. Uh, and so looking back, I don't really recall that it seemed like the, that Wisconsin was doing something they don't normally do. And by the way, that was the Wisconsin team of J.J. Watt. Do you know how many tackles he had in that game? Three. <laughs> That's exactly right. Three tackles. I remember him. He was a non-factor in that game. Yeah, I remember all of them. Let me ask you this question before we go any further. Why was it that he was a non-factor in a game against TCU, and then he goes to the NFL and he's the greatest defensive lineman ever? I don't know. Why? I don't want to say. Oh, okay. Not for public consumption. Oh, all right. There, Gary. Okay, so so yeah, that's that's Gary. So so anyway, uh, so obviously this caught some people's attention that you know you're saying, you know, who who what other coach says that? Oh, I was I'm sure that this guy was wanting to get a job at Texas, so therefore he was going to really you know dress up his offense and do something he doesn't normally do. You know, Paul Christ wasn't available uh, yesterday for comment, so. It, it, you know, coaches just don't do that kind of thing. And then the third thing, of course, was the fact that over the weekend, um, Gary sang at a wedding Saturday night. Did you talk to him about that? I did talk to him about that. He was waiting for me to talk about it because I tweeted it. Uh, I have to tell this story. My, my daughter 
We should have music for this. Okay, it's story time, story time with, with Uncle Kevin. Kevin. Well, you were doing the Winnie the Pooh stuff earlier with your grumbly self. Um, my tummy's grumbly right now. My youngest daughter, Olivia, is on the Palm Squad at Arkansas. Her best friend and roommate, also on the Palm Squad, is Sarah Scheffler uh, from Southlake. Sarah and uh, Sarah's dad... Leon Scheffler was Gary's best man. Uh, and so Gary's don't don't roll your eyes. Don't roll your eyes. Sarah has two sisters. Her oldest one got her oldest sister got married Saturday. And so Gary showed up and sang a couple of country songs at the wedding. Why did he sing? Because he's a singer. What did he sing? He sang a George Strait song and he sang a Garth Brooks song. How did how was he? You know, I wasn't at the wedding. I was at, I was with you at the ballpark. But my wife and daughter were there and they they taped it and uh uh and sent it to me so I could tweet it. Uh everybody says, you know, I've heard Gary sing before. He can sing a little bit. As it turns out, Gary had a band in high school. Uh, he likes to sing. Uh, he had a band in high school, and as he said, we play weddings, we play anything. He said, we play anything from polkas to Boston. That's the way he puts it. Gary's a singer. Boston. Polkas to Boston. Yeah, how about that? Did He's they do an, any bar mitzvahs? Uh, he, I'm sure he would. There wasn't a lot of those in Kansas, I don't think, though. Oh, okay. I don't think there's any Jewish people that live in Kansas, is there? I don't know. oh sure there are um but anyway uh so that was gary that was gary patterson at the media days yesterday monday you know he plays guitar and performs at charity events around the dallas fort worth area during the off season yes he does he likes to play well that was nice of him to show up and sing what did he sing you a song yesterday he did not sing me a song yesterday, no. He did not. He did say, though, he felt like one of these days he'd end up in San Francisco singing Sitting on the Dock of the Bay uh, with a hat in front of him. Why did he say that? Uh, you know, he just uh, I just said this is a, a new side gig, a uh, wedding singer. Um, Gary's an interesting guy. What else was your takeaway from Big 12 Media Days? Uh, the commissioner is very uh, bullish on this new ESPN Plus thing they've got, this live streaming, you know, where you can – they have an agreement where they'll be able to show just about any dang sport from the Big 12 you want to watch. And that all of the schools, except for Texas and Oklahoma, will actually, over the next two years, there's – there's uh, the other eight, four will be this year and four next year when one of, one of their games will actually be live streamed like that. You'll have to watch that game. It won't will not be on, on your cable package, which is a crazy thing to me. I know everybody thinks this is a really good deal. Does this sound like a good deal to you to be watching a football game on your phone? I guess that's the, the future. I mean, if you're going to stream it, you can always stream it off of uh... – well, your iPad. Your iPad. or That's still it, not good. Stream it to your TV. But Well, you could stream it to your TV. I guess that's, I guess that's a point, uh, a good point to make. Because, but the deal was is that that's why we got these big televisions, right? 
televisions keep getting bigger and bigger because we want to see what they look like, and now we're talking about watching them on our phones. Yeah, I don't get that, but you can take that way. You can take it with you wherever you go. You know, I. Yeah, I mean that's that, and that's a legitimate thing. I just think that for football, our most me, of us are most of us are, are targeting that Saturday or Sunday for that that couple hours window that we're going to be sitting in front of our TVs. It's not like a baseball game where you know there's 162 of them. There's only 12, and let's let's see if we can all just gather around the OTV sets and and worship. Yeah, at the I, you know, I just feel like everybody should get off my lawn. <laughs> I, 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 I'm with you, uh, but again, uh, I know that our very large demographic of the 20 to 30-year-olds are probably going to say, no, this is great because I can be out doing whatever I want to do. I can be on my scooter, and I can watch the game and then uh, crash right into a light pole. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, to me, College Football Saturday um, is still appointment TV. Absolutely, uh, and I that I do want to see that on a big screen TV. Yeah, um, that's the whole point. Yeah, I yeah. want to tell you something. I've tried to watch, you know, my youngest son on the phone here in the little live stream that they do. It's no good, man. I can't even tell what's going on. I'm just basically listening to the announcer. It's no good. Five minutes. Did somebody say five minutes? Benjamin's had enough. Benjamin's <laughs> that is. It. He said, "No more five freaking minutes." This, you guys have got this nonsense, and I'm pulling the plug on this. No more podcast well, we're, forever. We're coming to the end of the of we're the just coming to the end. Um, <laughs> we've got Cowboys starting up in two weeks. We yeah. actually have. You know, I I've I've covered media days. I've covered the SEC media days a long, long time ago, um, and it's a. It was. I always thought it was a good event for media. <laughs> yeah, but it's become like this. Uh, it's become an event, and yes, it is. I, I, I don't. I've never quite gotten that element of it because I got to tell you, coach talk is usually pretty boring talk. Well, it is, and that's what it was yesterday as well. And I'm sure it, it is out there right now as it's going on. As, but was it was was it when Lex when Lex when Les got up there? Oh, man, that wasn't good. You know, I'm a big Les Miles fan, let me say, uh, just to start with. I love Les. Love what he did at LSU and Oklahoma State, and now he's at Kansas. And God bless him for taking that on. Uh, but Les got up there, and he struggled. He had to, he had to talk about uh, a running back, Puka Williams, who, was, uh, who only got a one-game suspension uh, for a uh, domestic violence case. Uh, and when he was asked about it, he knew he was going, well, he, did, he didn't even get asked. He just said, I'm just going to go ahead and bring this up. And he had a statement. He had something written down there, and he had real trouble just reading it. You know, it was not good. What do you mean he had trouble reading it? Well, uh, how, how else do you want me to explain I haven't that? Seen, I, I mean, was he struggling to get the words out? Or? He was struggling. I don't know if he couldn't read what he wrote. Or, you know, it seems like if this was the thing that you decided you were going to say and you were going to just embrace this right away, that you would have had something ready to go, and it did not seem that way. So uh, we'll see if uh, if everything's a little more uh, organized uh, once the, the football team gets out there. Uh, but uh, you know, like I said, I I, I love Les. Uh, glad he got this job. Uh, we'll see. I'm a big fan of Les. Well, yeah. Who, how can you not be? 
Uh, he's a very different cat. Uh, but he he, uh, he wasn't much fun, you know. Gary was the only was the only fun yesterday at the uh, at the first day of uh, Big Twelve Media Days. When's Tom Herman talking? He's talking uh, Tuesday at twelve thirty. Uh, so that's after this, but before anybody ever. What's he liable to say? Uh, you know, not anything really exciting. Tom gets a little prickly, uh, but he's the, he's the closest personality to a Nick Saban in this league. Other, unless you count Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy did say that he thought about getting his mullet cut off on Sunday, but there were no barbershops open. Yeah, I saw that. And again, this is like this is important stuff, but I will leave you with a little mullet talk. Yeah. Uh, so it, we were in the Bahamas. Um, yeah, as you call it. Uh, and I was uh, sitting by the pool, and uh, a man walks by wearing a visor. And a goatee, and he's got a mullet in the back. And it well, hold on, just time out. That's the only place that you can have a mullet is in the back. Well, it's long in the back. Let's put it that way. And business up front, party in the back. It, well, there really wasn't much business there. <laughs> um, and, and I'm still not sure, but it, it certainly looked like it might been a might have been a former West Virginia coach who's now at your alma mater, Dana Holgerson. Might have been. Wow. And he was going to one of the private cabanas there. So Yeah. All right. I Here comes Benjamin. <laughs> Wrap it up. Wrap it up. All right. So everybody, this has been this has been great. We don't know if, if Dana Hogerson was actually in the Bahamas or not. We'll, we'll get, get back, back to you on that. that. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, we're hoping that, that Benjamin is not gonna like strangle both of us. Until <laughs> until next week. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to the College Football Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.